All right, Home Alone, Home Alone. movie review. We are doing it because it's won the poll. So thank you, everyone, who voted. We very much appreciate it. Home Alone came through, and so today we are reviewing it for you. Talk about it. Exactly, because, well, it just feels right because it's almost Christmas. And to me, it feels like it's Christmas watching Home Alone. Mm-hmm. It just feels weird because I usually watch at Christmas Eve, so if I feel like Christmas is going to happen tomorrow. It actually it feels weird like... having having a day to digest this movie. I feel like yeah. it's Christmas, you know, because the movie takes place like a couple days before Christmas does. Yeah, and you see Christmas Day at the end of it, so yeah. it, I don't know, it just feels weird like just having a day to digest it. Because mm-hmm. usually we do reviews as soon as we're done with the film, but this is an odd case where we've had a day to digest it and stuff, and so, yeah. It's it's interesting. And it's interesting just watching this one and reviewing it because, you know, a lot of these films I, I've seen a lot. I've grown up with them. You know, we've done the Star Wars franchise yeah. that I've grown up with my entire life. This one is just one of those ones that I don't really remember when it was the first time I ever watched Home Alone. Mm. But I just, I've always known Home Alone throughout my life. Like, I remember just having it, like, on a VHS that I recorded from the TV, you know, back when you used to do that, back in the dinosaur days of VHSs. Wow. And just, like, having it there and watching it every year. So I have grown up with this film a lot. I was I was probably even Kevin McAllister's age when I first watched it, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. around eight or even younger. So I've grown up with this film a lot, and it's, it's pretty awesome I won the poll because it's just making me feel like an eight-year-old kid all over again <laughs> except i don't look like one but maybe zach would do if he shaved his beard and stuff yeah i would <laughs> that's why I keep it on yeah, i've only watched this movie maybe four times all the way through maybe five or six times scenes but interesting yeah o- only five this isn't showed at home a lot over other christmas movies Elf is and other classic ones there, but no disrespect to Elf because of how great it is. I think I think my bias for Home Alone's kind of faded. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. They need. It, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can get up watching it every Christmas time because there's so many things I love. But yeah, if I have time during this Christmas break, I would like to watch Home Alone again on Disney Plus. You know? There you go. Awesome. Because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of good Christmas movies out there. You know, we're mm-hmm. not going to have... Obviously, we're not going to review all of them, Yeah. obviously. But I have about eight that I watch every year. And so there's a bunch of good ones. But Home Alone, for me, I just... I have to include it. And, and we'll talk about, like, what I love about Home Alone that makes me want to include it in my Christmas list every year mm-hmm. as far as movie watching is concerned. But, yeah, I mean, I have I probably have more of a bias than you do. So hearing that you have a little bit of a bias for Home Alone is very interesting. I thought I'd be the one who... Well, like, a biased, as if, like, I'm not going to watch it because I've never watched it before. That, oh. The, the, oh, that, oh, that kind of bias. Yeah. Okay. Good, good that, to know. That's gone, so. Oh. Yes! Mm-hmm. Yes, we are making a convert after you after all. That excuse of, like, I've hardly ever watched it. I watched something else. That's gone. The movie deserves well, to be Well, you watched. have Disney Plus now, so you have no excuse. I have all Disney movies at my exposure. So. <laughs> you have no excuse now for six ninety nine a month. Except Elf's not on there, so. Not yet. But Shazam's a Christmas movie, so there we go. There you go. All that I have that. <laughs> all that Disney needs to do is buy Warner Brothers and whoever does Elf. <laughs> Don't. And, oh, it is Warner Brothers. <laughs> 
Warner Brothers, you have to be scared. Disney's coming for you, probably. No, that's not happening. Yeah, I hope not. Disney can't own everything. All right, start shooting away. All right, Great parts with, of Home with Alone. positives. All right, well, the first thing I have to mention when, it talk, when you talk about Home Alone is the lead character, Kevin McAllister, played by McCulkey Culkin, who... <laughs> Became famous as a result of Home Alone. His last name's just funny to me. Yeah, cool. I think his first name's fa- uh, funny. McCulkey. The same. McCulkey Culkin. McCulkey Culkin. It feels like something you order at like a sushi restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I want the McCulkey Culkin. Yeah. With a side of rice. <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry, McCulkey Culkin, if you're maybe listening to this in the future. But your name's weird, dude. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about the lead character in a film like this, first of all, it's a kid. Mm-hmm. And kids kind of have are notorious. Yeah, we've we talked about one child actor that did not do well in mm-hmm. a film. I'm not going to mention the name, but Annie, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> so like, they just have that reputation, and it's it can be kind of gutsy having your lead be an eight year old kid. So it could have not have worked. It could have blown up in their faces. It could not have worked. But McCulkey Culkin's performance, I think, works. I think he's pretty good as Kevin. I mean, you know, you feel for him as being this person who kind of gets trampled under by, like, his brothers, his sisters, you know, his relatives, even his, uh, you know, his parents in a sense. And I remember we were watching it, and Zach was basically saying, you know, I feel bad for the guy. Like, I feel for him. (laughs) So, you know, I... If you feel for him, you know that they did something right. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's funny, like, just seeing him, you know, like, home alone and seeing him able to defend himself against, you know, Marvin Harry. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you get the heart from him, too. But, like, when, you know, I'll talk about this in another moment where he talks with Marley. You know, you just feel the emotion there. And when he sees his mom at the end of the film, like, I just think that works. And I think given an actor like, Jake Lloyd or another not good child actor could have blown up in your face, but it, it didn't, and I think it worked. And there's a reason why he was the up and coming child star of the early '90s. Like mm. I just think it it worked for this one, and I think his performance is aces. Mm-hmm. So I really like him in this one. Nice. I also love the music in this movie. Mm. Mr. John Williams uh, did the composing for this one. Which is kind of interesting because he was not the original choice to do the music. The the director, Chris Columbus, had another composer in mind, but he backed down the last minute. And Spielberg was like, you know, this guy John Williams, he's kind of good. He's like, okay, I'll I'll put him in here. And I'm glad he did because, oh man, this music is amazing. From like the opening, you know, Home Alone title cards to the very end, his score is just awesome it's not quite as good as say you know star wars obviously not Mm -hmm. but it makes you feel like you're in the christmas spirits Mm -hmm. of just the the serious tones they do sometimes and the goofy you know music like when the family's trying to get to the airport or the serious you know music when kevin's looking through the window and seeing the family that he doesn't have right now like seeing the other family celebrating christmas Mm -hmm. like i just think the score all throughout works and obviously it's a testament to John Williams. Mm. And even there's music that's not John Williams. They do have a few Christmas songs in there yeah. that I like because, you know, Christmas is awesome. And I feel like Christmas music, you need that to celebrate Christmas. So I think it, it works to have those various Christmas songs in there. 
especially White Christmas that just with that famous scene of Kevin like in the yep. bathroom combing his hair and using the aftershave. Ah! <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do the cream well. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why Macaulay Culkin's an actor and I'm not. <laughs> but I just think the just the music all the way through just works for it. It just makes me feel Christmassy. And I think that's a good job on the talent of John Williams and everyone who, you know, was involved in the music. Mm-hmm. So I really like that about it. Um, my other uh, compliments for acting is Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci as Marvin Harry. <laughs> I I love I love them as these as these characters. I mean, these characters are stupid, generic burglars. I think they and, work. They're but, strength of it for oh, me. They the do. burglars are a strength of it. Because, like, if you get, the wet, like... The, the, what are they called? They're called the wet bandits. Yeah, the wet bandits. Because they have to have a calling card. <laughs> <laughs> and they just... Uh, now we've known great. every house is robbed. Way to go, Egghead. <laughs> uh, it's it's great. Like, I just... I love their camaraderie together. Because mm. you have Joe Pesci, who's, you know, the... The serious one out of the two is yeah. is the planner and stuff and kind of mean yeah. and stuff like Joe Pesci fashion, which I think is kind of funny because I was doing research about it and they 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 were told not to swear in this movie because it's a family friendly movie mm-hmm. and they had a difficult time for it, especially Pesci because like you can see some moments where I think he's struggling. <laughs> Like when Kevin shoots him in the crotch with a BB gun, yeah. you know, he's like going, and I can just tell. I can think he's probably thinking, "Oh, I cannot say this one word. So I cannot say this one word. I have to think of anything else." But I, I think he works. And Daniel Stern, my goodness, is he acts stupid in this movie? <laughs> I just love the one scene where, like, Marv wants him to go and... Oh, Harry, I'm sorry. Joe Pesci's character wants him to go and check uh, Kevin's house. And, like, he's just sitting there and staring into space. And he's like, now? It's like, no! New Year's! Now! <laughs> now. Like, uh, it, it just works so well together. And they take roles that could these throwaway roles as these burglars that could that are generic that could you know not really give him much character arc in <laughs> this movie scream when the spider's on oh, his face i love it <laughs> like he sounds like a girl it's amazing that's like one of my favorite parts of the movie where like kevin's trying to get away so he grabs that spider that's been crawling throughout the house the entire movie it puts him on his face and he just goes Oh, it's it's amazing. They they both give great performances. They're both funny. They add to the comedy of the yeah. trap sequence of the house. <laughs> it, which we'll talk about in a mm. little bit. But it's they're awesome and they're not quite as, as standout to me as Bakulki Culkin is. But as far as like my second favorite performances, it's definitely those two. I think they work really well, and they really add to the fun, the funniness, and the fun of this film. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the funny, I think the comedy in this film works really well. Uh, I, again, I'm biased to Home Alone because I've watched it my entire life. And, you know, the thing about comedy is that, you know, sometimes you may laugh at a joke once and you may really like it. But if you watch it over and over again, the jokes can kind of become less funny 
as you watch it. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing about reviewing a comedy for me as opposed to a drama. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, you know, if you're laughing, you know, and if you're having a good time with the jokes and everything, that constitutes a good comedy versus one that doesn't. And I've watched a lot of comedies that I that have really died down for me since watching it because, yeah. you know, the jokes just kind of get old and stale. But I feel like the jokes in Home Alone just are timeless. Like, I really love the humor. I think it works really well. Like, we've mm-hmm. talked about jokes that, that we love that work really well. Mm-hmm. And I just... I think it still works. I think it still works after watching it many times over the years. Yeah. I still love a lot of the comedy. Not everything lands. There are a few jokes I do kind of fall flat. But I feel like, for the most part, I feel like all of them stick to the landing pretty well. And I just... Um, I really like that. I really like that about uh, this one. So I'm trying like, to think of a joke in this one that doesn't land. I mean, I, I can't really... I would say some are mildly good, then there's some that are really good in this movie. I don't know if I can pinpoint one that I'm like, yeah, with this day and age, it's not all that very funny. I mean, I, I can't really think of one in particular where, like, it's a joke of the moment. I mean, there there's certainly parts of this film which we'll talk about where it feels like it's 1990 as opposed to 2019. But as far as the humor... Like, I would f- maybe the uncle is kind of like when he mentions the glasses, which just shows how much of a bad uncle and a jerk of a family member he is. It's kind of too over the top. But, I mean, this is strange. Yeah, but, yeah maybe. And some of the things he says are like, You jerk! Like, is that supposed to be funny? Or is that supposed to be how bad of a guy he is? So... But, yeah, you know. I think it can be taken as both. I, I took it as kind of serious, but yeah. then yet again, most of the stuff the uncle does say is humorous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I can see your point there. Like I thought of one like like during the traps where like you know Kevin you know for I think I think it was Harry he comes in and mm-hmm. he he sprays them with feathers. Like I I don't know that one to me doesn't quite work it as well. Stop you! You would just keep running. Yeah, like... it, it just stands there. It's like. What just happened? <laughs> like, I get it's supposed to be funny, but I don't, it, it just feels like, you know, it's not quite as bad as potty humor, but yeah. it's just enough, like, an eight-year-old would laugh at that, as opposed it, to 22-year-old me. Everything else, I would say, is pretty, there's, there's really, a couple really good gold jokes, some good silver, mm-hmm. and a few bronze, stuff that's not really worth making the podium, but, yeah, I love some of just the slight jokes in this movie, like, just like, you know, one, two... D, you know, you can't even count the three. First, three things. One, this. Two, this. And D. (laughs) Kevin, when he's going through Buzz's stuff, he looks at a Playboy magazine he has, and he's like, oh, there's no uh, clothes clothes on any of these girls. Sickening. (laughs) And that's just funny, because that's what an eight-year-old would react to for a Playboy magazine. Like, uh, yeah, like, a lot of the jokes do work. Looks at his girlfriend. Oh, Buzz, your girlfriend. Whoa. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, amazing. And I, I just got, you know, as we close up talking about the comedy, I just got to mention the awesomeness of the movie within a movie that this film is famous for, Angels with Filthy Souls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's just funny. And I, and I like the, the gag of, of using that throughout the movie, even though you should be able to realize that that's the TV playing really loud. But I don't care. It, it's still funny. It it, it works pretty well. For, well, the, the pizza boy wouldn't know what the person sounds like, and was it? But but the pizza Tom? but the pizza boy's been to the house before, just so not the back of the house. I guess I'm not sure. But at yeah. least the for me, it's 
more funny when uh, the robber comes. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Because he doesn't know what the guy sounds like, and it's just like, oh, and, there is someone home. And he uses <laughs> the firecrackers to make it sound like it's a yep. real gun. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like I, like I said, like some people could view that and be like, oh, that's unrealistic. But, yes, in a sense it is, but I, I think it's fun. Yeah. So... And one more thing before I give it to you, I just got to mention that I really like the character of Marley, the, the old man who old man Marley who, who they set up in the movie as being this guy who's a murderer, who, you know, is the town weirdo kind of in a sense. Yeah. And you, and you do get that vibe through the first half of the film. But I love that they take this character when Kevin goes to the church and he has that one-on-one talk with him and you understand Marley. You know, you understand that, you know, what they say about him isn't true, which is a good, you know, PDA to say that don't believe everything you hear because not everything you hear is true. Yeah. And I love that talk that they have oh. about about him with, you know, him having that temper with his son and not being able to see his granddaughter outside of the church and just him giving advice to Kevin and Kevin giving advice to him to call his son. Like, I just really love that moment because it grows that character, it grows that relationship because they were toxic at the beginning. Kevin was afraid of him, mm-hmm. but Kevin got over his fear and he talked with him and he realized, oh, this guy isn't so bad of a guy after all. And so you really do get that awesome moment. And then when he does save him at the end, you know, from Marvin Harry, it, it feels earned, you know, because you had that moment where he talked with them and stuff. But what really gets me is at the very end when he is reunited with his granddaughter mm-hmm. and uh, son. Like, I almost teared up. Like, <laughs> that gets me every time. I know it's going to happen, yeah. but it gets me every time. I just I just love how they set up this character and how it plays throughout the film. I really like his performance, and it, it works for me. And yeah. So I do, I do like that, how it makes me feel for him at the end and, and stuff. So I, I do like Marley. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do like that PDA about kind of, like with the brother saying all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I would never in my right mind fall for what he is saying. I have said well, stuff to my brother, made up fantasies about people. But well, you got to keep in mind he is eight years old. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, if he was like a few years older, I would say don't believe him. I mean, <laughs> does he look at the kind of guy who knows everything? Yeah, like he's got an IQ of one hundred and twenty. He doesn't even but... know how to go to count to three. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yeah. But I, I I enjoyed like, not it's not really a perspective change, but but it is in a sense because his perspective changes on Marley because he yeah. thinks about him as someone who is scary and fearful. Well, it, it's more of I mean, like it's the heart. Get to know a person, and your perspective your perspective perspective will yeah. change. Excuse me, but just just that, and it's also like I've heard it said like this movie is like a Christmas. Uh, Carol, just a little different. When you look at Marley, that is Kevin, but that's that's um, that's like his that's his future self. Like in a way, Marley is future Kevin, someone that you know kind of mm. regrets his parents, kind of regrets um, like doesn't regret, but said something that's verbally harsh, like saying you know I hate you, I wish all you would leave, like Kevin says, and then he gets his wish, you know. And then, so, it's it's kind of cool to see that Marley, in a sense, is, and they, def- and both characters, get away from that, both characters made a mistake when they both said something too far, mm-hmm. and 
Um, he said at eight, he said at whatever age he was, and there's consequences from that. Um, consequences for Marley, where he was never able to talk with his son and daughter for so many years. Now it's a chance for Kevin to apologize to his mom and to... Mm-hmm. And I, I'll go into one of my highs, is that th- there's themes in this movie about compassion and, like, Thanksgiving for family. Yeah. No matter how jerkish they m- might be to each other. Um, and yeah. I do see that characters do come around to, like, care for Kevin after he's been at home for so long. Um, they kind of move on. His brother says, you know, you you didn't burn the place down, and his dad mm-hmm. kind of appreciates him. But yeah. I always love the awkward moment of, like, the actor playing his dad, like, kind of, like, then walks away. Kind of, Like, I don't know if that was subtle or something. Like, he didn't know other words to tell his son or anything. You mean when Once he, they're home, he was, you know. I don't know if that's the actor just kind of making the mistake of when to leave the scene, but like, like his mom hugs and he's he's like apologizing and you know stuff's going on and he kind of just like taps on the shoulder and like was about to go and looks back and walks away. I don't know how that feels, but just I, I like how they kind of I like this the theme of Home Alone and mm-hmm. um, yeah, being a brat of a kid. I mean, you know why Kevin is a brat a little bit, like yeah. He wants his pizza, like, he wants everything his way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he wants to do this. They're not allowing him, you know. Um, but, I mean, the family is a pretty terrible family. They forget a kid, but... Yeah, how do you do um, that? <laughs> like, then he becomes grateful Kevin, in a way. And he's the kid they got to see, you know, old man Marley's point of view, you know. And oh, and not to say it makes me cry, but it's definitely emotional when you see Marley get his son and yeah. hug his granddaughter, which mm-hmm. you see in the choir concert. So I guess it's parallel to Kevin getting his family. Yeah, which I appreciate that perspective. I hadn't really thought about that too much before, but I I, I do like what you're saying about the theme of family because that's one of my po- another positive of mine as mm-hmm. well. Just that theme of family. You know, because Kevin, you know, doesn't want his family at the beginning. You know, he's all about being alone. You know, another great line, you know, when I get old and get married, I'm living alone. I'm living alone. get married and live alone? I know. (laughs) How's that possible? Eight-year-old logic. (laughs) And, you know, he gets his wish and he doesn't have his family. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes that, oh, this kind of stinks. You know, I do kind of want my family. Because he gets that one shot before he goes home and stuff where he sees hit oh. that other family in his neighborhood celebrating and you get that he's by himself and you just look, get that look from him that he's saying to himself, I want my family right now. Mm-hmm. And he gets that wish and he becomes grateful for his family that he has them until Home Alone 2, which, you know, just to, to give a little brief summary of Home Alone 2, it's basically similar to the first one, not quite as good. Anyway, back to Home Alone. Um, so, so I just like that that change in that perspective of family and how Marley is very similar to mm-hmm. Kevin. You know, their stories are very parallel about his family issues and stuff. Now they both come around at the end. It's great. So as far as themes go, it's definitely a prominent theme. And especially with Christmas, because Christmas is about family and about, like, celebrating with your family. Mm-hmm. I like that Kevin, you know, gets to see that, you know, that it's about having people close to you that that's what matters so i i, I just like that theme throughout the movie too. yeah yeah and the growth of the kid from a brat to a, a good kid in a way is yeah cool to see because you're on this journey of him like 
mm-hmm. seeing all this stuff, then he's home alone. And, you know, we're going to protect my home where my family is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. also shows that just because, you know, you, you get what you want doesn't mean that that's entirely what you want. Yeah. Because let's be honest, like, I'm sure when we were eight years old, we wanted to be home alone like him. I mean, I know that once I saw that, I was like, yeah, that would be really cool to be home alone by yourself. But come to find out, it really isn't, you know? Uh, at least, you know, looking at well, it years later. And for stuff. me, years later now, I I know, like, I don't want to be... Like, if I'm home alone, I'm, I need to have something to do. I need to play video games. I need to do something because yeah. I... Being away from home is like I need that feeling of family connection which is about this movie about yeah you're so much into the family connection that you're jerkish to each other and you wish you were home alone but in reality when my family's sitting around a dinner table and we're arguing it's i'm not saying it's the best time it's not a great oh, time well. but once that's over and we sit and play games or talk or watch a movie or are just home and want to go out to eat like that's the times where it's like like, when me and my brother... I feel like when me and my brother are home, it's a better time than just be mine by myself. Right. So, like, just to spend the more time as we're away and as we grow up and... Uh, and as he gets to see through old man... Was it Mor- no, Mar- Morty? No, Mar- Mar- Marley. Marty. Marley. Marley, yeah. That being alone is not worth it. No. Marley had to be all by himself, not seeing his granddaughter and his son for how many years? Mm-hmm. I'm estimating maybe 30 years or so, maybe 20, 15 years. Yeah. And his girls maybe, I mean, the girls maybe eight, same ear as Kevin, but maybe the son's history is even further from that, you know? Um, and that's like the same to us, you know? He gets to see that through Marley's eyes, that he can't being by yourself is pretty rough oh it is especially if you're a person that kind of causes it by being not mm-hmm. just like a douchebag but being literally just it was a mistake you made or as just simple as else losing like your temper like yeah. marley did mm-hmm. which can cause strife and cause you to be alone and... which it does today like anger issues mm-hmm. cause families to get divorces for sons to hate their fathers and for moms to hate their sons and daughters because they made a decision or they made this choice and families aren't part of it again yeah and and this family also talks about like thankfulness and forgiveness in a way like i feel like i would still be plenty upset of my mom if i was eight leaving me all by myself like not trusting her Mm -hmm. you know if you really think about that in a realistic sense if you were home all by yourself when robbers came you would and you're be scared. Eight, you would be scared. Yeah, you would be under the bed like Kevin was yes, when they first came Yes, and you around. would not be really trusting of your mom that much. Either maybe you'd want to hug her and thankful. Well, you, you'd probably want her there. Yeah. I think that was the first instance of Kevin, like, wanting his family back home. Yeah. Once all the fun was settled of him doing what he wanted to do, that started the journey. Yeah. Which which I, I would definitely agree with, you know. Mm-hmm. So. so, like, we want, we need protection, we need family, we need loved so these are just themes that come out of home alone and i can't talk about even more of how great that church scene is oh it's great it's It's amazing so good and with the choir in the background singing the song and everything beautiful Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's that's a great moment to really 
you know, bring these two characters, like I mentioned, you know, them yep. at Oz and stuff, but have the themes of the movie of family just being on display there between them two. And I think that's really the moment where they both change as characters mm-hmm. and they both, you know, have those resolutions, you know, which play out at the end, which I really, really like. Um, and I'll say another high, the family away montage. I love when the family goes away and he's at home. Yeah, we get to accept he's home alone, and he go through a mm-hmm. montage of all the things he does. Oh yeah, so fun. Yeah, I I love it. That's, that's another high. That's another when you high are home video. alone, you do have you do do some thumb fun oh. stupid things, and he does. Oh them. yeah, you you have to. <laughs> you get that bowl of ice cream out. You watch that unnecessarily movie you don't want to, mm-hmm. don't aren't supposed to watch, and eat food you're not supposed to, and you just go ham. T- take what you're not supposed to really take. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he just does what all of us as eight year olds would want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, after watching Home Alone, I wanted to go on the top of my stairs and go out my house and go sledding, even though that's unrealistic. He, he would hit the... If you look at the entrance of where the, that door the, is... The angle is just so weird. Yeah. Like, there's no way he could go a straight shot to the outside. No way in the world. But this is still fun. Absolutely. And I'd probably break my neck if I did it, so I'm not going to do that. But just see, yeah, seeing that montage is just fun, and I think that's like that's why I mentioned like it makes me feel like an eight year old kid again. Cause watching that just makes me think back to when I was eight and just thinking like, oh yeah, all this stuff would be awesome. I would do all this stuff if I was home by myself at that time, and it's funny too, you know, with him shooting the the little statues with the BB gun mm-hmm. to him eating ice cream and watching the movie, you know, Angels with Filthy Souls, and just all the other stuff he does is amazing you just running around the house screaming like any popcorn while jumping on the bed like that's that's just awesome like who wouldn't do that if they were eight years old so yeah that's a lot of fun seeing that um i have two more um was there a movie ever like this the idea that a kid got stuck at home by himself Um, because i think this is a very interesting idea not that the family forgets him but it's like home alone gotta defend the house Mm -hmm. let's build some stuff I, I think I did look this up, but I think that there was a short story or a movie that came out the same year that claimed that Home Alone ripped them off. Mm. I, I forget what it was called. It was a weird, I think it was like a, a foreign movie that did that. I can't remember without looking at it. Yeah. But other than that, like I think this is a pretty unique idea to just have a movie where it's basically about the parents forgetting their kid at home. Mm-hmm. Like, like such a you know unique idea that I'm really shocked before this year like hadn't really been done before you know so yeah so yeah, I, I think it's just a, a cool idea even though I think this was the right time to do it yeah. the right time period to do it because a movie like this would not exist today with the age of Facebook and cell phones yeah. and the internet yeah like there is no way that you cannot you can be get in contact with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which I did appreciate that they mentioned in earlier in the movie when when they're leaving that their phone lines are going to be down for a few days. Lights. Yeah. So I did appreciate that more, which is why they couldn't call them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in today's age, that still wouldn't matter because, you know, you have cell phones and all that stuff. Yep. But I just think this is the right moment in time where this movie could work and not have it be as ridiculous as the premise kind of is already. So, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty unique idea for a comedy that... You know, I think it works. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have one more. All right. And then you can go on. All right. I'm sure you have this. Let's talk about what are the two best traps Kevin has. Because the Kevin traps 
are high on this movie. Ooh, the two best traps. I, I don't know if I want to say, like, like the... Well, I, I can say the ones that make me the cringe the most. Like, the one that makes me cringe the most is the nail on the foot. Because <laughs> yeah. I was... Feel it for Daniel Stern when he steps on that nail. He just falls back. He goes, ah! Like, oh, that just sounds so pain. How can he walk on that afterwards? Like, I would be down for the count with, you know, blood going everywhere, staph infection. Like, oh, I, I, the feels. The feels, man. And I think both of these are a tie for cringy as well. Like when, when I think it's Harry. Harry like you know grabs the doorknob and gets burned mm-hmm. with his hand, and when his hair catches on fire, like th- those are like make me cringe. Like oh, that's got to hurt really bad. <laughs> but then his scream like with the hair like you know makes me kind of forget about that a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I-, I have to think about that for a second. But you can mention the ones that you- are your favorite. I mentioned um, the cringiest ones, but. I think the smartest one is when he throws uh, really cold water on the steps. Because oh, you would yeah. never assume that to be actually a trap or something a kid would do. But And, I mean, if it's icy cold and it's snowing outside, like, obviously these guys are really being stupid and falling. Like, go up a different way. Yeah. You know? Especially Harry. Went, like, he could just walk up the other side of the steps. He doesn't have to walk up on those steps. He can mm-hmm. just walk around, but that wouldn't be funny. So, I mean, at least the first time, it is funny. Um, I enjoy the step scene yeah, um, with true. the black goo and just seeing all the stuff. Like, he was just so determined to get up those stairs, and there's that nail. Um... Let's see. I I enjoy the having all the shards of the broken uh, tree ornaments on the ground. Uh, that's another. But his foot that's been stabbed on it. Uh-huh. I just wondered, how do you not see that when you enter a window? Yeah, because who doesn't he, look like he, down? He doesn't to look place down. Feet. He, he looks around <laughs> the house. He's like, okay, yeah. He doesn't think to look down. Like, dude, you're barefoot, you know? Aren't you going <laughs> to check to see if there's stuff on the ground that you might step on? Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, I, out of all the contraptions before that, I like the system of how he makes it seem that there's people in the house. Like, the night before. Oh, yeah. They say we're going to come back, and he kind of has the yarn and the music going on, and he's doing all that. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a smart kid. So, uh, and I also do like the moment where like they're chasing him the first time, and he hides in the nativity scene. Mm-hmm. Like he's smart to hide at a church because you know they don't want to go in and stuff. <laughs> so I, I just thought that was kind of a clever moment where he's hiding like in the manger and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, how iconic that is of having a uh, the steam presser for the shirt fall right on the guy's face. And yeah, the iron. Dented. Uh, <laughs> that <had to> hurts. <laughs> I think that would that should at least knock someone out. Yeah, <laughs> at the very least. Technically, these guys probably shouldn't have survived this night. N- no, they, they they fell from how high a three story building and got up and started running. Yeah, that it's not kind of realistic. 
Well, I, I do agree with, you know, the ice. Like, I think that's actually really clever. Yeah. Like, like when Marv, you know, like, like he slips on the ice and he falls down the stairs and yeah. stuff. Like, that at least makes sense because, like, he can't climb back up because he'll slip and fall. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's icy underneath there as well. Like, I think that's kind of fun. Like, I feel like most of the traps are kind of silly that, like, you know, they should be able to detect a mile away. You can't dodge a paint gun. Can't. Yeah, you don't see it. There's a lot of little toy cars on the floor and you slip on them. But, although, I, I will say, like, I think the string isn't, like, out of the ones that are kind of improbable, like, at least that one kind of makes a little sense. Like, you know, you might not see that coming. You'd like, be so rushed to try sense. to get the kid, you would just trip over a string. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the classic moment with the spider on the face. That wasn't a trap, but that was just an impromptu one that just works really well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I like the, all the traps in general. Like, they're all fun. It's a very fun sequence to, to kind of, you know, have fun in this, you know, family holiday film. Even though, yeah, they don't kind of make a lot of sense looking back on it now. And, which makes even the sequel, which I've seen the sequel, oh. like, been like... They should have died. Yes, they. Every <laughs> you, single one of those traps. Maybe they shouldn't should have killed die. a kill, killed anybody in this, but the, those ones. I heard in the second one, and I'm from oh, what I know, remember, from oh, those, like one guy falls from what what height and oh, survives. Oh, both of them do. They both yeah. fall from like a four story building. <laughs> yeah, and they are they survive. <laughs> they have paint cans fall on them. Yeah, and they get in paint. One of them gets electrocuted to basically to death and he survives so yeah if you think home alone's bad home alone 2 lost in new york is this one times 10 <laughs> as far as ridiculousness for the traps yeah that's all i'm saying but it's still there's still a lot of fun though yeah you can go on um, and say more all right i do have a few more um i know we talked about uncle frank a little bit and i i think he's funny like i i like him mm-hmm. even though yes he is a jerk I yeah. forgot my glasses. I forgot my glasses. That's not relatable, that's, Frank. You're a jerk. Yeah, it's not really relatable. But I do like the scene like before that where he's like talking with his wife. He's like, ooh, this is fine. So put that in your purse. Put that in your purse, honey. Don't let them see it. Put that in your purse. Like, uh, it's just it's moments like that where he's just funny. And oh, and I just when can't help. he's told in Paris not to use the hors d'oeuvres yet. And oh, he just yeah. goes around and shares the hors d'oeuvres to everybody. Oh, no, no, It's just funny. He just acts like the, the uncle that, you know, is, is funny, but then, like, can be kind of annoying at times. I'm sure there's other uncles out there yeah. that are like that. But, I don't know, it's just a fun performance that I do also enjoy. Oh, I do like how... Like, the film sets up stuff early that do pay off mm-hmm. at the at the end. Like, you know, the, the BB gun. Like, like, you see the BB gun, like, in Buzz's room early on. And then Kevin uses it to, to shoot, like, you know, the little guys and stuff. But he uses it later to shoot, you know, obviously Marvin Harry, you know, mm-hmm. when he comes at the door. Another cringy moment when he shoots one of them in the crotch. Just saying. I forgot about that one. That would hurt. That would hurt a lot. Uh, a lot. Like, I don't know if you'd be able to have children after that. Yeah. But I also love also, like, we talked about the movie Angels with Filthy Souls, how he uses that throughout the movie, which is fun. So, yeah, like, there's a lot of good, I think, setups that do pay off throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as obvious as when we reviewed Back to the Future, how it seems like everything was a setup for something at the end. Mm-hmm. But I like when movies do that. Like, it, it makes you pay attention at the beginning. And repeat viewings makes you appreciate like, oh, they actually set that up. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Even though the payoff might not be amazing, but they at least tried. So mm-hmm. I do appreciate that about this. Um, 
We did talk about like how Kevin can uh, defend himself and think ahead. You know, he mm-hmm. came up with the plan to do all the traps. Like I like that. Again, another like notch to Kevin's character that I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one last thing that I do very much enjoy is John Candy's small role in this film. <laughs> like I, I, I love John Candy. I mean, it's sad that he's no longer yeah. with us today, but. Just some, that's, he has so many great movies, you know, throughout his career. Like he just shows up for no reason in yeah. Home Alone. Yeah. It's like I'm the polka king in the Midwest. Polka, 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 polka. <laughs> I'm gonna help you out. <laughs> it's like I don't know why you're here. I mean, obviously you're friends with John Hughes, and that's why you're here. But I appreciate you being here. Like the story where he tries to relate to Kevin's mom about leaving their child son. in a funeral home. Yeah, funeral home. Yeah, he, he was okay <laughs> after six yeah. weeks, you know, when he started talking to us again. <laughs> oh, such, such, such great, like, I, I just, <laughs> that's horrible. We, we were talking about, you know, how bad Kevin's parents, we might talk about how bad their parents are. These guys are worse. How can you leave someone at a funeral home? But I, I, I get, I just, I love his small role in this movie. It's not big, you know, he's in, he's out, basically, he's in for probably three scenes. Mm. But it, it's just fun, it's a fun little role that I enjoy and I mean anything with John Candy and it just already makes it a little bit better so <laughs> yeah I just love his role and I think that's pretty awesome but um, that's all the positives I have okay so want to move on to negatives yeah I, I guess negatives I guess I'll start with the most glaring negative at this movie what is that um, so we we talked about how the premise of this movie is unique, and I do agree. The premise is unique. I do appreciate that that's, mm. you know, for this movie. But there's also a double side to it, because while the premise is unique, the premise at the same time also doesn't kind of make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, like, like I mentioned how this could possibly exist at the time in 1990 and not today. Yeah. I still stand by that. But the premise still is kind of a little bit stretched. Like, a family forgets their child. I'm sorry, but uh, these are horrible you parents. Keep count when you get on the airplane? You should. Because, like, <laughs> like, what they do is they get on the plane. The parents go in first class, which is one of my questions. Why do the parents fly first class and the kids fly coach? That is kind of cruel. Yeah. But they don't think once to check on their uh, on the kids to see how they're doing. And coach, they're just like, oh, we're not going to check at all. We're just going to enjoy sipping champagne and all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, it just it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And the cops, they don't really do much to try to find him. Like, you know, an eight-year-old child is missing. Like, you would think that the first thing they would do is try to find him instead of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on hold. I'll go to this department. I'll go to that department. Oh, it's you again, ma'am. Like, I don't know. I feel like if we were talking about Walmart, that probably seems accurate. <laughs> but if for cops, like, trying to find a child, I don't know. It just it just seems like they would, you know, act a little bit better at that. Mm. So the premise, to me, like, it just seems a little far-fetched. I mean, what they do with the performances, you know, work, and it makes you kind of forget about the ridiculousness of it a little bit. But it's still kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Because they're making a remake of this one for Disney+, Plus, which is probably going to come out in a couple years or mm. so. I also think a movie like this could exist today. It just, the premise is just too, it stretch, stretches the plausibility even more today where this could never happen mm-hmm. for as long as it does. 
So yeah, that's just my thing. It's just the premise, like, it just just doesn't make a whole lot of sense looking on it. Just as far as, like, logic, like, really? Would you really forget your child? Would you really, you know, rush to the airport like that? And all that, like, I don't know. It just, just seems a little far-fetched. Yep. I can admit it. I love this movie, but that's, I can admit that's the question. premise. How yes. do you forget a kid? Yeah, that's... Which the, I mean, the movie does put it in a sense of, like, okay, this is how they forgot the kid. They numbered wrong. But how do you still, how do you not care about your children so much? You I know? mean, I do understand with the passports, because we do see his moment where when they're trying to clean up the milk, that when the father's throwing away napkins, you do see his passport in the trash can, Mark Kevin. So they don't have the passport for him. But still, wouldn't you count them to make sure that, oh, we got everybody. We got all the passports. Oh, wait, no one's missing. Wait, one child's missing. Yeah, why don't you just like, like, yeah. 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 And what, what, once you remembered that, oh, wait, he was on the third floor that night. Let's go check on. Or even no. better yet, which I think is one of, one of my questions, like, isn't there an alarm clock on the yeah. third floor just to let Kevin know, oh, hey, it's time to get up. You know, you need to go to the airport. Why would you send a kid out to the third floor when tomorrow's like one of the busiest times of his life? Yeah, like, wouldn't that be... Without an alarm clock to wake him up. Wouldn't that be something like, okay, we'll punish you when we get back, Then again, the power goes out for everybody, and they're late, but... Well, I mean, you still have the old-fashioned alarm clock, which I assume they still had then, where, like, you wind it up, and, you know, know, you can do it there, but... Yeah, I I guess that does make sense, but... But still, no one goes up to get them, because they're so busy. They're just terrible parents. Yeah, like, uh, and why don't you think they would at least drive? I mean, I understand getting the shuttle bus because you have both families to take, but why don't you have at least one shuttle bus for them and you drive your cars over to the airport or something? Well, usually I would see, like, the big car, the Volkswagen, um, be with all the luggage, then the kids go on the bus. You know, Mm. like, I would see that being plausible. Like, you know, you carry a bus with all the kids in it, but then you put all the stuff in the van and the dad takes it. And the mom goes with the kids. Yeah. Like, to me, that's more plausible than, hey, everybody, we got hurry, and we're in a caravan with these two airport delivery guys. Because they have to leave by 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. And I assume the vans get there precisely at 8 a.m., mm-hmm. and so they overslept. So how can they possibly make their flight yeah. when they're already late as it is? And airports are all about, like, being on time, being on schedule. So, I I don't know, like, that also seems kind of plausible, but, like, would you be able to make your flight when you sleep in like that? And let us talk about this. They did not search that dad when he went on that airport. You could have run on that airport with an AR-15 or any type of machine-heavy machine gun, and they would not have cared. Well, like like I mentioned to Zach when we were watching this, this is before 9-11, so (laughs) they didn't have security like they do today. They just run up to the airport, check in, and go. Which is another reason why this movie wouldn't exist today, because at the airport check-in, you would be able to realize, okay, is everyone here? Oh, wait, no, none of us are here. Not all of us are here. Like, you know, you should be able to do that today, but I could see back then because they weren't as strict, but still. But still, you should know. I'm just saying, these these parents, you know, uh, these parents talk about parent of the year. I don't think they get she that. Rem- like, she's like, I just have this intuition that I forgot something. Oh, so you have that tuition now when you're halfway to Paris? In the middle of, of the Atlantic Ocean? Kevin! Kevin! Uh, it's 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 even worse than Home Alone 2. I know we've talked about Home Alone 2 a little bit, but it's basically the same movie except even more ridiculous. But, 
but it it still just boggles my mind. Like, how can you do this to your own child? Uh, yeah, I, I think we've talked about this enough. But yeah, the premise is just kind of mm-hmm. ridiculous, and that's the I think the big glaring issue with this film and some comedies. You know, like a lot of comedies have a lot of crazy premises. But the question is, does it make you laugh? And yes, it does. So there are some things that are still funny to this. Like when that guy gives that conversation with the mom, it is hilarious. He didn't talk to us after six weeks after. That's when he first talked to us. Mm-hmm. You no, know, and just uh, uh, so good. It's funny. Yeah. And uh, I would say a negative to me is that even though I enjoy the villains and they're high, they're a little stupid when it yeah, comes to trying to. Yeah, I, I, I did. I didn't mention that things. too. Yeah, they're a little too stupid at times. <laughs> Like, there's a difference between being, like, dim-witted and being so dumb it doesn't seem real. <laughs> like, like we talked about, like, some of the traps, how they fell for them too easily. Like, traps that, like, you know, an eight-year-old set. Because most people would, like I mentioned about the cars, like, they'd be able to look on the floor and be like, oh, there's a lot of cars, let's just kind of bypass that. Instead of running headfirst into them and just going, whoa! Or just other other things that they do that are just kind of a little too dumb. Like, like with Marv, because both of these are expert burglars. They haven't been caught before. Yeah. And what does Marv do when he is like has the crowbar? Like, he takes all the, the fine china or whatever that's in the cabinet, and he just, like, takes all of them and just breaks them all and puts them <laughs> in a bag. And, and he's like, uh, I, th- I think... Uh, uh, Harry says, yeah, could you make a little bit more noise since you're a burglar? <laughs> like, I don't know. There, there's just some things where, like, they're kind of a little too dumb, you know? I mean, you, you have to have them be stupid to fall for the traps and stuff, but I think it goes a little bit too far at times. <laughs> Their stakeout the kid is like, we're going to watch him. Uh-huh. So, watch him. So, so, so they follow him a little bit, and the kid, like, looks back, and they're just kind of going... You know, they're not looking at like, him, you know, pre- pretend, pretending like, you know, they're not looking and I stop sign. But they're in the middle of the road <laughs> and they're not parked. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of obvious you're tailing him since you almost ran him over. You know, it just, uh, yeah, that just doesn't make sense either. <laughs> oh, man. But they're still funny, though, which, which makes it good. But oh, yeah. it's still kind <clears throat> of is kind of ridiculous at the same time. Mhm. And uh I feel like it's great to know how much families are jerks. But they are jerks to Kevin. And uh I want to be on Kevin's side. But it buzz and really a couple other things just kind of they kind of it's not a matter of like the weakness of the film it's just like seeing humans at total jerkiness kind of is just sad for me to see and that's what kind of what they are yeah like just stealing the kids pizza and you know and being a jerk and telling your son he's kind of worthless and all that stuff like mm-hmm. it's just the story that they've written is kind of like man those people are terrible people like they're bad parents the dad seems to not care at all nope. when his mom when the mom realizes she forgot Kevin. It's like, oh, it'll be fine, honey. It'll be fine. Even when he sees Kevin at the end, he's like, Kevin, my boy, you're not dead. Okay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Just like, really? And and then like when he mentions like, you know, he got 
you know, fabric softener and stuff mm-hmm. shopping. He's like, wow, what a guy. What a funny guy. And just leaves. It's like, aren't you all going to question? Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. So. Yeah, I, I do see that. That makes sense. And I did have as a negative, too, a little bit. Like, you, you did mention that throughout the movie, and I do agree. Like, the siblings are a little too cruel. You know, like, I'm but, like, the nice sister. The one was like, don't you care about what happens to Kevin? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I could care less. Like, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Like, I say that about my brother, but my mom is right when she says, like, love your brother. It's like the only one you're ever going to have, you know? No matter how many you have. Yeah. Once they're done, they're done. It's the only one you have, so care about them. Yeah. I don't think... I think some part of Buzz's character, even how jerkish he is would care about the little dweeb brother he has and be like don't bully him but no he does bully his younger brother mm-hmm. like bully like brothers are supposed to stick up for each other and just be like no we're the same blood we're brothers but that's just not what buzz is no yeah it's kind of a but. little cruel yeah well, i mean you do have you know rivalries like that but it's kind of done in broad strokes where it's just kind of surface level they don't really go any deeper than mm-hmm. that so yeah i do get you there but that's all for me all right i do have a few more uh we already talked about how the trap should kill or at least severely uh damage them throughout the night um so yeah like the traps are kind of ridiculous i, I will mention that even though they are fun but realistically, and there's a bunch of YouTube videos that do point this out. So if you want to look for it, they're there. But they are kind of a little ridiculous. And some of them should kind of kill you. <laughs> but again, it's still fun. But just something I noticed. Um, we already talked about police acting like morons with the lost child. I already mentioned that. Kind of ridiculous. Uh, but the neighborhood kid like shows up for no reason in the movie, which I had to put down. Because like, the neighborhood kid... like. Shows yeah. up, he's talking with, you know, the airport people about, like, oh, well, what kind of car do you guys use? Where are these guys going? Are you guys going to France? Like, why did you show up for no reason? You know, instead to just be there. So when they head count, it seems like they have everybody. But it just doesn't make no sense because he has no part in the rest of the film. He doesn't show up before. He doesn't show up after. He's just there for that one moment, and then we never see him again. Like, I don't know, that's just a little weird to me and kind of sloppy how they handled that. And that kind of goes along with my last one, where there's a lot of contrivances that take place in this movie. A lot of, oh, well, that's really convenient moments that just kind of uh, happen. Like, like for example, oh, it just so happens that there's a storm that goes on that night that there just happens to be a tree branch that's so big <laughs> that comes down that takes out the power lines just before you're going to go on a big trip and stuff. Yeah, like That just seems kind of a coincidence Mm -hmm. and it just so happens that you have everything that you need to make traps you know like this and stuff (laughs) like oh you're able to come up with a plan in like an hour to all this Mm -hmm. stuff but you know like like i said a lot of contrivances take place and stuff but you know it's either you're having a good time you can roll with it or you don't and to me i have a good time with it for the most part but they are kind of there and i think it's just an issue with a lot of comedies where there's just a lot of contrivances mm-hmm. but i just have to point that out because yeah a lot of them just don't make a whole lot of sense you know like why they happen and stuff mm-hmm. but i still have a good time with it anyway but it's all the questions i have or negatives i have i mean 
Okay, questions. All right. Um, Fire away. Well, all of you. I think we've mentioned most of them. Yeah. About like why the police want to check inside the house to see if the kid was there. <laughs> how they make it to the airport on time. Why isn't there an alarm clock? The big one. How can the parents forget their child? Why do parents fly first class when the kids fly coach? Why are they leaving for parrots three days before Christmas? Well, apparently someone's brother moved to Paris. <laughs> Another contrivance. That's what happens. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> but uh, outside of all those we mentioned, there are two that do kind of uh, are kind of interesting that I thought of. Mm-hmm. The first one is like so. There's a moment where Kevin steals a toothbrush because he's afraid of Marley, and the cop chases after him and doesn't chase him and stuff. Which, first of all, I don't know if a cop that out of shape would be a cop. I, I don't know. Like, like, yeah. like you would think you'd be able to be a little bit. You have to be a little bit slimmer and athletic to be a cop. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But um, after him stealing and getting away, like, wouldn't you think Kevin would be a fugitive of the law? Like they'd be looking for him or something. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they just choose to forget that or whatnot. But I don't know. Stealing is kind of a little bit of an issue. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. Like, if you break the law, you know, no matter how old you are, you're still gonna. Or they would at least try to. Call. I don't know. They try to at least find him. I don't know. But shouldn't he be? But I guess we're supposed... I guess I'm stupid for asking this question. We're supposed to move on. The movie's telling me. Yeah. But, okay. But one last one that you did mention that, um, like, when we were watching it yesterday, that does kind of... I just kind of make sense. And, yeah, I will think about it. But why do the bandits want Kevin's house? I mean... Because he's been looking at this house for a long time. But what is in it that's valuable? Yeah, that's, that's what I was asking. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Because, like, the house looks, you know, nice on the outside. I mean, it is pretty much shows that the family is pretty rich. If you can have, like, five kids and own, like, a three-story three with three story with a basement and with the top ceiling, like, a top extra part. And the house is in a great, you know, rich suburb with lights everywhere. So. Yeah. But, like, when you look inside the house, like you mentioned, there's not really anything much in there to steal. Like, it just looks kind of generic on the inside, kind of. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I guess. Like, why, you know, that house. Again, another contrivance. But, it I don't know. Like, it just seems like there would be at least something in there. Like, you see some jewelry in a case or some famous glass silverware or whatever. That'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, that makes sense why they'd want to steal in there. Like in the house when they robbed the Murphy's house, like there was a lot of glass in there and stuff that were valuable, but not a whole lot in there that, you know, seems like that they'd want to steal in there, but I don't know, that's just me. Yeah. But that's all. Kind of nothing else in there to steal, except maybe jewelry and stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, not worth the effort. No, no, not really. Not really at all. But hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. But that's all the questions I have um, for this one. So. Okay. So, grade. All right. Go for a grade. I guess I will go first okay. since since I do Yeah, I need, I need to think about it a little bit for it. me. All right. Well, I will say this. Um, I did mention earlier that I have a set slate of Christmas movies that I watch every year. Um, and... When people ask me what my favorite Christmas film is, I have an answer for three categories. I think that the best made Christmas movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. 
Mm. It is the best made, great acting, great almost everything. Like, it's nearly a perfect film, I would say, in my opinion. It's really good. I do very much enjoy it. So, um, so that's my best made Christmas film. The funniest one, I would say, is Elf. That, that movie just makes me laugh it's so, so much. Oh, it's, it's amazing. If we ever had to review Elf, I would just probably laugh throughout the entire review. It's, it's, it's so funny. It's amazing. I definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. And It's a Wonderful Life. They're both really good. Mm-hmm. But my favorite Christmas film has to be Home Alone. And the reason why I get drawn to Home Alone, why I have to watch it Christmas Eve each year, that's my tradition, is because I just, again, I relate to Kevin. I relate to his desire to not want a family, you know, to, to be alone, you know, to have the house to yourself, you know, because I felt that at times growing up. But I do realize, like him, you know, over the years and through what he re- finds out in the film, is like, you know, it really is important to have family. It's important to value family, you know, not just in the Christmas season, but just in life, because they truly are important. And I do like that through him and through Marley. And I appreciate that about this film, the, the theme of family. I cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. That's why I relate to it and think it's perfect for the Christmas season. But I also do think it's it's still funny. I think the jokes do hold up. There's great performances from McCulkey Culkin, Daniel Stern, Joe Pesci, the the char- the guy who plays Marley. Like all of them are great. Even though the premise, yeah, is kind of ridiculous and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It does kind of leave you with some questions afterwards where it's like, you know, if you just did this or you did that, like, you know, this movie wouldn't happen. But then yet again, you know, we wouldn't have a movie if, you know, these things were easily answered, I guess. I don't know. I guess that's something with the writing uh, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there there are a few negatives that are there throughout it. But, you know, even with all that aside, I just can't help but enjoy this film. I can't help but just be taken aback by the the fun, the the funny, the heart that is in Home Alone. Because even though, yeah, it it is kind of ridiculous, I just think they put so much heart into the characters, into the funniness of it, into just the overall enjoyment. It to me, this is good family entertainment. You know, I definitely think this is a great film that around the Christmas season you can watch with all of your kids, all of your parents, and everyone can have enjoyment into it, not just the eight-year-old, but there's something, I think, in there for everyone that can relate to it mm-hmm. and stuff. So, personally, I really enjoy Home Alone. I, I think it, it's still my favorite Christmas film, even though I will contend and say that it is not the best one ever made. I I'll agree with you on that. So, for an overall kind of summary for Home Alone, I have to, I, I give it a B plus. I give it B plus because I understand that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I understand I can pick out you know the things that don't make a lot of sense and the questions that I do have. Yeah. But the overall enjoyment that I have, the overall fun, the feeling of Christmas that I get when watching this film is amazing, and that's why I have to watch it every Christmas Eve. That's my tradition. You mm-hmm. guys know now. So I really like Home Alone. It's a B plus. Can't quite give it an A. It's not amazing writing, but I just feel like the enjoyment gives it a B plus. Because realistically, this is probably a B or a B minus film. But I think my level of enjoyment for this film that I have every time gives it to a B plus. So I, I give it a recommend. I'd say check this one out for the Christmas season. I think it's a lot of fun. 
and I think you will enjoy it just as much as I do. Or maybe not as much as I do, but I think you'll at least enjoy it. So that's why I give it a B plus. Cool, cool. All right, Home Alone. I have to give this movie a grade from which be respectful. And to be honoring of how much this movie is iconic, because how many people have that stance of like, Home Alone is one of those silent, but when you call it a black horse candidate for one of the best Christmas movies of all time, I would yeah. say like a, a dark horse kind of a you know, if you would choose your top four Christmas movies, maybe number five would be Home Alone. You know, out of a lot of people's. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't. I didn't know how to rank Home Alone before. Uh, before I watched this, because I have not watched Home Alone a ton, and it's not on a ton. Yeah. Um. But um, be impressed by good child actors. <laughs> for be, sure. Be impressed by a good enough story that has a really good family and Thanksgiving compassion theme. And just the scene with um, in the church is just pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the gold stars in this movie. Um, uh, and who can forget all the tricks and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, who can, who can forget that this movie kind of also screams 90s a little bit from mm-hmm. what it looks like and what they're all dressed up as. So mm-hmm. um, if you're iconic with that decade and everything, um, if you like the Chicago Bulls and everything Chicago, it's in here. So um, uh, and having a hard time, I was having a hard time figuring out if this movie was a movie that's loved by fans that call it an A or if the movie actually to me would be called an A and I can't give Home Alone an A to me because there's just some things I think you could write that can explain better why they would forget a kid yeah and how and like you could just do that a couple more times um, of how they don't check in their kids and they have them just back in coach and they're not checking up on them and just looking at how many kids they have with them. I think there's a couple more things you could pick on about the movie that doesn't really make logistic sense. Like, couldn't you figure out a way to get to your house quicker from wherever you are in Pennsylvania to Chicago, Illinois? Like, yeah, it's only maybe a 12-hour drive, but take an Uber, you know, take a taxi, (laughs) I don't know. Get on a train from Scranton or Philly, and you can get to Chicago, because there are trains that can people those distances a lot quicker than cars can travel so there's just a couple things i feel like you could get back home quicker and who forgets their kid while you're in the middle above the atlantic ocean so that in itself is a very weird thing that she just all of a sudden remembers her kid um but with that being said there's a lot of good things there's a lot of um like i like the actor that played old man you know the old uh Marley, so, like, he very much had a face of, like, ooh, he's done some rough things in his past, but once you get to know him, none of that is true. So, mm-hmm. um, I gave this movie an uh, uh, 87 B+. Plus. On the low end of a B+, plus, I almost gave it a B, but I gave it a point or two up, just for good measure, because it's Christmas season. Mm-hmm. If you watch it in Christmas season, it's probably better than watching it in the summertime. Yeah, so, I agree. That's, um, that's how I feel with all Christmas movies, yeah. I'm being honest. So, B-plus for me, too. 87. Not my yeah. favorite Christmas movie. I don't think, for me, it surpasses Elf. 
Mm. But um, okay, it's it's still great because for me, Elf has almost everything in it. So, um, uh, yeah. But this is a good B plus eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's my favorite, but I will be the first one to tell you it's not the best made one. Yeah, but it's just the the heart that I I get from it and just the nostalgia. I think to me, make it worthwhile from a kind of crazy premise. Mm-hmm. I I listened to one reviewer give it an A plus. And I think he just had nostalgia glasses on while watching it because I just I don't think it can be an A, whereas it's a wonderful life. I'd probably give an A plus two, <laughs> but this one just just fills me on all the right moments, which is why I give it a B plus for nostalgia and all that. Yeah, but it's still really good. You know, definitely check it out. You know, it's the Christmas season. It'll probably be on a lot. Recommend it. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I think you'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah. So yeah, this was the Home Alone review. Yes, and it won the poll, which is why we did it. So thank you all for voting, and hope that you guys enjoyed this. Uh, so uh, it'll be a little bit different because we won't be doing a review. Uh, we'll be doing one next week, but it won't be around the time we normally do it. It'll be Tuesday we'll do it, so it'll probably be up by this next Wednesday. And it will be our final one for 2019. Season finale. The season finale. Star Wars, The The Last Last Jedi. Jedi. You saved the best for last, I have to say. Probably the most controversial out of all of them. The one we'll talk about the most and probably have a different grade on. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what the grade is going to be (laughs) on Last Jedi. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun as we prepare for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And we'll talk about after uh, that review on Tuesday, sort of some plans we might have for the future uh, reviews and stuff. So mm-hmm. be tuned for that uh, for Last Jedi. So Last Jedi is coming out uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Look forward to that. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it will be anyway. Yeah. So yeah, this was the home Home Alone movie review. Yep. Thanks for listening. Yep. Hope you guys had a good time and Merry Christmas to you all.